here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Great to have you back again. Hey, how's everybody doing today? It's a um, wonderful day to be alive, and uh, I've got a really awesome guest for us today. So excited because it's um, all about fingerstyle guitar work, and I just love this. Uh, but before we get into that, don't forget if you are a fan of this show, which I know many of you are, please go over to uh, dharmicevolution.com, the website, and sign up for your favorite platform. Then the show will come to you every single week. And if you enjoy this show, please forward it to a friend. And thank you to all of our new supporters in um, the wonderful uh, country of India, where we're on Ghana, which is a streaming service who invited us on. They have 250 million listeners. So now my friends in India can listen to us and stream us. So today we have a remarkable young man. Um, love what he's doing. Uh, he's a performing artist, a composer, a recording artist, an educator. He does so many things and his music is just beautiful. It's time to strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today from the Music City to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to spend some time with a recording artist, fingerstyle extraordinary guitarist, Tim Farrell. So, um, Tim Farrell, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. Man, it's um, just to let people know out there how Tim and I kind of got connected was uh, he was doing a Facebook live stream and I saw him doing um, his music, which is fingerstyle music, uh, finger fingerstyle acoustic guitar mostly. And anybody who knows me knows I am a huge fan of that kind of music. Even though I write something, I'm more of a singer-songwriter in a kind of a rock, poetic rock vein, but there's something about what you do which just captivates me every time. So I am delighted to have you on here and expose more of um, what you do uh, to more people because it, it needs, I think so many people are missing like what you guys do as fingerstyle guitarists. And I've had several on here in the past, and it's always a pleasure. So uh, once again, man, it's a delight to, to have you on board. Great. Thank you. Great to be here. So where do we start? How did you get connected to, um, uh, to fingerstyle acoustic playing? And, and you've got all these accolades um, that I will put in the intro of the show. You know, people have already heard that, of course, uh, you know, coming mm -hmm. into the show. But how did you originally get connected to this? Because uh, it's not something everybody, like, gravitates towards instantly. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, and it's not anywhere near where I started either. Um, which I find a case of with a lot of fingerstyle guitar players. I mean, like most kids, I grew up playing rock music, you know? Yeah. Jamming, jamming in the basement with my friends and, you know, uh, learning simple songs, you know, and gradually developed from there um, into uh, just wanting to improve, wanting to learn more. And then eventually I, I, um, I went to school and I had a choice to... Um, studied jazz guitar or to study classical and i chose jazz because it was contemporary um 
and realized that it wasn't the direction I wanted to go. And I switched to the classical program and <clears throat> playing the classical guitar opened up my eyes and ears to the possibilities that the guitar had that I didn't know about just playing, you know, typically in a, in a rock setting, you're playing either a rhythm guitar or a lead guitar. Um, when you, when, when I started studying classical, I realized, Hey, I can do everything. Yeah. I can play the melodies and the bass lines and the chords. Um, the use of um, open strings and fretted strings and, and all of those combined created these, these tones and these possibilities that uh, to me just seem endless. And, um, and that was using classical guitar. I was always uh, more attuned to the sound of the steel string guitar. Uh, so I applied everything I learned from classical to the steel string and then beyond that into the, the techniques and tones and uh, things that are available to the steel string. And, yeah, in some um, ways you get to be like, you know, the complete composer when you do what you do, because the, mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's an entire orchestra. It's not just playing a chord. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. you got a floating bass line going. You've got, and I'm sure you use a lot of alternate tuning. I'm a huge fan of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it brings out so much, I think, in, in the story of mm -hmm. what's, being, yeah. what's being played, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. That's actually, you say story, that was one of the uh, best compliments I ever had. I played at a venue in, in Florida uh, where I was the very first instrumentalist, although I'm not 100% instrumentalist, I'm 90% instrumentalist. Um, I was the first one they ever had that wasn't a singer-songwriter. And they said to me afterwards, you don't need the words, your story is in the in the music. Yeah. Very well put. Go. That's it. <laughs> yeah, so so well stated. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, it's. Uh, I heard your music, and immediately I heard shades of Michael Hedges, and um, I was delighted when I saw that you're playing with Michael Manring, who yes. was who was on Aerial Boundaries, which is my favorite favorite album of all the different genres I listen to. Um, that is my, my number one favorite record of all time. Oh, and great. it just, Excellent it just record, absolutely man. shocked me when I heard it. And I heard it, I think, mm -hmm. I think Michael had passed away. I didn't, I didn't hear it till like, I think 1987 or 88 or something. And these painters were in, in a basement. I was an electrical contractor at the time and I was across the other side of the building and I heard this music coming said, what is that? I actually started running through the basement with my tools on. And I, I got over there and these guys had like one of the earliest like bows with, you know, the cover, protective cover over it. Oh, yeah, and yeah. there was paint all over it and everything. And, and this magical, incredible music is coming out of this box. I said, what is that? Who is that? And they said, it's Michael Hedges. I'd never heard of him. And, you know, I went record store after record store, like looking for that album on the way home that day. And I, mm -hmm. I was hooked ever mm -hmm. since. So your music reminds me, it's in that wheelhouse of, mm -hmm. you know, just it's pure imagination. It's like, it's almost like the sky's the limit as to what you can do with your imagination, the, the way you approach the guitar. Um, can we talk a little bit about uh, alternate tuning? Sure. sure. Okay, so... Do you have a favorite? Um, believe it or not, the tuning I use the most is standard. 
Yeah, I was I was playing your first track like with <laughs> I pulled my tailor out and I said mm-hmm. I thought I was he was doing something in drop D, but your finger style is you know you're you're way up on the neck. Um, mm-hmm. It was um, mm-hmm. Joyride to Tranquility, which we're gonna play in just a second. And I said, Wow, okay. I think he's in great tuning, but it doesn't sound like that. You sound like no, it's- that one isn't. Um, I use a lot of standard. That one, Joyride, is in what I call double drop D. So, oh, okay. So the first string and the sixth string are both drop to a D. Yeah. Everything else is standard. Okay, got it. Uh huh. And I also use um, open E a lot. Okay. Uh, which is tuned to an E major chord. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have one guitar that is totally set up and remains in open E all the time. Because it is a, um, it's a pretty drastic tuning to get in and out of. It's actually a higher tuning. Most people go for lower tunings. Yeah. Uh, but that actually raises the pitch a little bit of a couple strings. Right. So uh, I have one guitar that lives there. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk more about that. But right now, folks, okay. join us for Joyride to Tranquility. Here we go. Thank you. 
Joyride to Tranquility. What a great, great song. And, um, you know, just going back to uh, what you had said earlier about, you know, you keep a guitar, you know, tuned to a separate, to a, a, a definitive tuning. And I had all kinds of experience trying to do this live. And you can't do this really with one guitar. It's almost impossible. Like I can go into, obviously, drop D easily and dadgad very quickly and then I can go to open C, you know, CBG, CBD, I think it is. And then, but then try to come back from that tuning to right. something else. Right. It's like, you're going to be there all night. People will fall asleep, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. did you first come across the idea of um, starting the alternate tuning? Like, where were you in your, your um, path as a, as a, you know, as a uh, songwriter, like when you first discovered this? Oh, I discovered it compared to other people very late yeah um i was playing all standard all the time and um actually what it what literally inspired me to go was open e was the first alternate tuning i tried and it was hearing leo kotke play little martha okay and i went and i so i i tried to play it and i went oh, i can't do this you know so i went back to the original I went back to the Dwayne Allman original and uh, listened to it and finally figured out that he was using the open E tuning. He was playing it on a dobro, uh, the melody, and uh, using open E tuning. And um, so then I learned, I learned the the Dwayne Allman, the original way rather than the, than the um, Leo Kaki way. Leo actually tunes it down to an open D. Right. Same same relationship of strings, but just a step lower. Um, so I learned it, you know, in the in the original key that, that Dwayne was doing. And then I uh, I just immediately heard the possibilities that, that open E uh, created that 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 you know I didn't have with standard. Yeah. And uh, I di- I dived into that pretty pretty deeply. As a matter of fact, that's why I, I do so many in that tuning. That's why I um, I have the one guitar set up for that yeah <laughs> i had um i had come across this book um years ago like probably 10 or 12 years ago maybe longer than that and Joni mitchell um she was one of the featured artists in the book and they they went into the story of Joni and her alternate tuning what i didn't realize mm. was you know she had at the t- time it was 51 different alternate tunings to her credit and i'm like how does she even like remember these or whatever you know and the the reason that she actually started with this was because she had polio as a child and couldn't like she couldn't press down the strings it was too difficult you know the first time you pick up a guitar you go how did you play this thing Mm -hmm. it seems impossible you know and but what I like about it is it puts you in such a different world that you don't know anything. All the you know the past things that you learned about chords goes right out the window, and like nothing really works. So it's like this freedom of, wow, I'm I'm creating all new chords. Like like where where are these coming from? You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's a wonderful mm-hmm. place to be in. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, I don't know about everybody, but eventually with me, I do learn where where the chords are in yes. all the different tunings. In the beginning, you're, right. you're just overwhelmed by all the, the, the tonal possibilities that, that, you know, and the way certain notes and chords sustain compared to the way they would in, in another tuning. Yeah, know? all the open string chords are just wonderful. 
You know, mm-hmm. they just like mm-hmm. you, like you like you said, you get that shimmering and that that beautiful yeah. shine coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you are doing uh, you're doing a gig recently coming up soon, right? Uh, I thought gig? I saw it on the. <laughs> I thought it was it may have been last year because everybody stopped playing, obviously for for what mm-hmm. we're going through. But I thought I saw something current coming up in Pennsylvania. Oh, you know, yeah, you know what festival? I do have. I I have a um, a concert. The, and a workshop that for the Cooperage project in Homesdale, Pennsylvania, upstate Pennsylvania. And it was already scheduled, planned. Uh, they had gotten grant money to pay for it. Uh, so we are still going to do it, but we're going to do it online. So it will be a virtual nice. concert rather than in person. Are you like climbing the walls, like just like dying to get out and play? <laughs> You know, yeah, I am. I am. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm doing these streaming concerts every other Sunday at this point. I did a lot more actually back in March and April, but I'm doing them every other Sunday. So it's, it's keeping me active, right. keeping me focused on something. Um, but I, yes, I certainly do want to get out and, and, uh, and play some more. And we had a whole uh, number of concerts, not only myself, but string songs. You mentioned Michael Manring. Yeah, uh, our trio is called String Songs, which also includes Christopher Garcia on percussion, uh, and we had to cancel a bunch of dates there. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, definitely want to get out whenever we can. Of course, it's got to be safe for everybody. Yeah, because I live on the East Coast and Michael and Chris live on the West Coast. So yeah, just to get together. Uh, we have to think about all the safety protocols and everything. You know? I want to talk more about um, uh, what you just discussed with Michael and Chris, too. But first, folks, why don't we play this one here? This is Rosewood Alley. <laughs>
Rosewood Alley, beautiful song. That's yeah, thank you. Yeah, he, he, um, Tim was referring to the bad feed that we have, but you guys aren't hearing that. You're hearing the uh, the uh, beautiful lush wave file sound <laughs> um, that I always insist artists give me the wave files because we compress this down to an MP3. Obviously, when we deliver it, on, uh, you know, to all the the feeds that it goes out, so we start with a very high quality. Um, great song. And um, what was the tuning on that one? That Tim? one was also double drop D. Yeah, your fave, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do more of that. I've, I've only done uh, that just, uh, I think, a couple of times, but I'm going to explore that one. Hey, I want to go back to uh, string songs and talk okay. about um, both Michael Manring and uh, Chris Garcia, who were, um, I checked out some of your performances on YouTube, folks, and all the links will be in the show notes to so check out uh, what Tim has going on with uh, string songs and really great performances. Um, you know, Michael with his fretless bass and Chris mm-hmm. with using very, very, I would say, exotic percussion. It's not your normal kit, you know, that he uses, yes. which is which suits your music so beautifully. So, how did you get in contact with these guys? You guys go way back, or how did you go, how did you meet? I I met Michael oh years ago. Um, you mentioned Michael Hedges. I, I believe it was sure. I know it was shortly after Michael Hedges died when I when I met Michael Manring on on a on a gig at a concert. Yeah, and um, I remember that because I didn't know what to say to him about it because yeah. they were good buddies. They were good friends as well as colleagues. Um, and then Michael and I stayed in touch after that uh, meeting, and we did some recording together on and off. He's on a he plays in a couple of my solo albums, and. Um, over the years, just whenever we had the opportunity, we would we would play together, do you know, live, um, do some workshops and that kind of thing. Um, eventually, we we added a a uh, we we decided to make it a a, a little more. I was going to say formal. It's far from formal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we had we had a piano player joined us, and we did some some uh, shows and some recordings with the piano player. And it added a really nice um, new color and texture and melodies and stuff to it. Um, Pat Robinson was the name. Pat is a uh, Grammy-winning uh, piano player and producer. Uh, Pat's schedule would not allow him to to continue to do what we were uh, imagining. So Michael suggested Christopher, uh, who I didn't know, but Michael had worked with Christopher for years. Yeah, and um, so. We gave it a shot, you know. We spent a lot of time uh, uh, talking things over on the phone, and then uh, deciding what to do. And then once we got together, it just it just felt right, you know. Like you said, what Chris does, um, the different instruments that he uses, and the different tones that he produces, and the experience that he has with um, different types of music just just fits so perfectly with everything that we're doing, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you watch some some of the videos, especially the studio um, recordings, you can see pretty close up shots of his percussion array there. And like you say, they're, it's far from original. I mean, far from normal. Let's put it right. it's very original. It is very, very original. original. Yeah. <laughs> no, having those having those two gentlemen in w- with what you do makes it very unique. I mean, it just it's a pleasurable. Uh, 
you know, it's a treat to really listen to. And then when I was checking out your, your videos, it's like, you know, I immediately recognized Michael's um, tone on his bass mm -hmm. from, yeah, sure. from the past, listening to, you know, my, so much Michael Hedges. I think I, I mm -hmm. bought all of his records actually back way back when. Um, so his sound was very identifiable to me, but, you know, loving that fretless bass that just works so well with your music, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And Chris is just like... What an eclectic being he is. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. He goes from playing with us to playing with the mothers of invention. So, you know, he's gotta he's wow. gotta be pretty eclectic. Are, are, seriously? Did he did he really play yeah. with them? Really? He did, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's I mean that you know, just even being able to keep up with uh, you know, that band. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. they're a heart attack. Some of those records that were made, you know. Yeah, I can't yeah. even imagine seeing the charts for them. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris played with, not with Frank Zappa and the Mother's Invention. When right. the Mothers continued on their own afterwards, right? Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, it was later, but but yeah, the same material and the the, the and the vibe that they that the Mothers always had. That's all there, you know. Yeah, incredible musicians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, tell me yeah. about your um your daily uh work um schedule or work ethic towards music. Do you have um a rigid system of creating or, or do you feel like you wait for the spirit to come on you to say it's time to write, or are you like disciplined and say every day I'm writing at this time? How do you go about like um, let's say if you're creating an album, like what what is your process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My well, my process every day starts away from the instruments with all the, the business part of it right. that I have to handle. And then later in the day is when I get it. And really every day I, I, I make sure I, I practice every day. Um, some days I totally focus on the repertoire, just keeping my repertoire fresh. Um, and then, uh, tw you know, as part of that, usually later in the, in the session is when if I, if I have some new ideas that I want to work on, I do it when my, my mind and my, my uh, <clears throat> musicality is already opened up a bit from, from practicing. Yeah. Um, and then I'll work on the newer ideas. Uh, once I usually, once I get an idea that I really like, um, that's when it won't leave me. <laughs> yeah. That's when it's there in my head all the time. And then, and I'm really kind of constantly working on it, even when I don't have the instrument with me. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just have the melodies going through my head and I'll just be, be, uh, deciding, hearing things and deciding where I want to go with it. Um, and if it's something that th there's times where, um, if it's something that, that, that I feel like I just need to hear more rather than play with an instrument, I'll just record what I have and I'll just go for a walk yeah, and, uh, and just play it, you know, while I'm walking and, and, uh, you know, so I want it to be a, a musical, like, I don't want to write, I don't want to write guitar music. I want to write music that I play on the guitar. Great um, way to put it. You know, so I want to hear the melodies. I want to hear the chords, you know, I don't want to just go, Oh, I can do this riff. I can do that riff. You know. Yeah. Don't you find that um, as a songwriter, Tim, that we that we we sort of um, you don't necessarily have to have a guitar in your hand or a or a legal pad in front of you to write. Because um, per, from personal experience, I find that 
you know, that song that I just finished, uh, well, I started writing that a couple years ago. And I kept right. thinking about it and thinking about mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. then it develops as almost like a process of, it's a, it's a blank canvas, but it's starting to take on a form and a shape. And, a, mm-hmm. and for me, it's a lot, a lot of story and poet, poetry that goes into it as well. But then it finally reveals itself to you. So my, my latest thing has been the last couple of records. I don't write entire songs anymore. I write like batches of pieces. And then I, I, when it's time, it's like, all right, it's time to glue all this together and find out like, you know, where's this going? Sure. And it, yeah. it's like, yeah. I feel like I'm getting better songs that way too. Cause as a, as a youngster, I used to put all this pressure on me. I, I got to write, you know, a hit song. And it's like, mm-hmm. you, you just kept pounding away at it and it has to be in one setting. And I feel like there's a sense of freedom now that it's like, all right, listen, if I get 15 minutes, I'll take it. Some days you only get a you only get a walk or a single, and then some days you get a home run, you know. And it's like, mm-hmm. right. so right. Um, I, I think um, I think we are writing subconsciously a lot. Do you feel that way? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like you yeah. said, going for a walk. I do that all the time, and I get all mm-hmm. these ideas. Mm-hmm. Of, I'm just out walking, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, yeah. Do you have um, like your latest project? Um, do you have like a follow up in mind for like after this is all over? And do you think you'll get together and do something with um, with uh, Michael again? Oh yes, with Chris? all of the above. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I am working on material now. I'm pretty close to enough material for another solo album. Right. And we are. With string songs, we have been discussing in the last couple of months, how can we do this? How can we make a recording um, being, you know, 3,000 miles apart? Right. Um, so we're, you know, we have a good amount of material. It's just actually doing it. Because so much of what we do, uh, especially on stage, is improvised. Yeah, which is um, great. We have, a, we have a good tune, and then we, then we improvise off of it. So... Um, to make a good recording, um, we either have to put that aside and say, all right, we're going to make a recording that's just a studio recording, or we're going to, you know, do the live things. And we're, that's what we're trying to figure out now, um, how to how to do it. So when you say you're doing a solo album, are you doing mm-hmm. basically just guitar on your own with maybe a few overdubs and then string songs is a different project. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. We okay. consider them separately. Some, Got some it. of the material overlaps. Some of the, the tunes that we do are, I do solo and, and with street songs. Right. But, um, I can, yeah, I consider them two different, two different projects. And so, and so does Michael, cause Michael does solo shows as a bass player, probably one of the very few bass players that does solo shows. And he considers that different than yeah. his ensemble playing. So Wow, for sure. Let's yeah. do this next one, folks. This is uh, a famous song, Walk Away, Renee. And um, what is the reference over your shoulder? Um, that is material that I already had. Okay. Um, that was in, really incomplete. It wasn't a total composition, but it was different ideas. Right. And when I decided to do the arrangement of Walk Away Renee, I went, oh, this other stuff that I had, this will fit right in there. So the two, yeah. the, the two are kind of inter, interwoven. It's a hybrid. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed yeah. this. Folks, check this out. This is written by The Four Tops. Here we go. 
Walk Away, Renee. What a great song. You know, I, I love Thanks. what you did with that. Really, really oh, beautiful. What guitar are you using on that one? That one is, um, that's a Santa Cruz Model D that I used on that one. Never heard of it. Where is it Santa made? Cruz is, uh, Santa Cruz Guitar Company is a small little shop in uh, Santa Cruz, California. Awesome. I'll have to and check them out. they make beautiful instruments. Yeah, I have a couple of them. They make beautiful instruments. Yeah, really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that song was was just really, it just brought back so many memories. Uh, you know, growing up, I listened to that song as a kid, and I just loved sure. what I heard. Yeah, such a great, great song. Um, you are um, been doing this for a while now. Um what do you what is your sense of the music business what little there is left of it (laughs) and i mean just i try to get i'm I'm always asking people like you know how are they feeling about streaming what's what's the next thing um streaming as a as a consumer i love it as an artist i hate it of course um agreed cds are going away you know they're not what they used to be vinyls coming back it's a confusing time you know, to see. And, and when I'm talking to a lot of people, artists who make their living playing, I said, now that's gone too. And it's, you know, it's only a temporary thing. Um, we know it's going to come back. Um, a lot of people have told me they've changed the trajectory of their career. They've even gotten out of music or they've used music as um, a sidecar to something else they're doing. So I'm just keeping the conversation going. Um, what are your hopes and wishes um, to be out playing um, live? You're also an educator too. You're a teacher. Yes. So yes. so that is a cool thing that you've combined that, and people mm-hmm. need that. They need to know right. about your world. Um, so are you hopeful and excited for the future, or are you looking at it like it's it's still kind of like little grim like how are you feeling about the whole thing in, in the short term i i think it's a little grim um, yeah in the long term we have to adapt yeah and um i am hopeful that we get back out there and play and get out back out there uh one of the things i've worked on the last couple months is developing the different workshops that i do being able to do them online um on zoom or whatever you know? right um, and I can do them privately pre- pretty well. We're, we're, you know, the agency that I work with is, um, you know, put working, trying to work with different, with different institutions too, as well. Yeah. So, you know, what I love to do, um, when I go to, let's say a performing arts centers, do the performance and then, and then do work with, with students either in schools or, or on site at the, you know, with doing workshops or, um, going to senior centers, whatever, you know, um, sharing everything with, with the people as well as the performance. Do you, you know? feel that it's uh, an eye-opening experience for some of the people that you get in front of, like young students or even seniors, like you said, who have never heard fingerstyle guitar playing? Do they come up to you and go, where, where did you, what planet did you come from, man? I never heard, <laughs> I never heard music like that before. I have, I have heard that. What planet did you come from? Maybe not from my guitar playing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true because it's like, wow, I didn't even know you could do that on a guitar. Yeah. What is that all yeah. about? <laughs> you know, it's funny you phrase it that way because I actually have a workshop that I call, I didn't know you could do that many things on an acoustic guitar because somebody said that to me after a concert. I'm like, oh, wow, we could just have a whole workshop just 
showing just all the different things that people don't expect. You yeah. Know? Uh, like I said earlier, a lot of people expect you to either be strumming chords or, or playing a, a solo. Yeah. Um, and they don't realize you can do all, all these other things together. You know, it is amazing. And, and, yeah. yeah. It's, it's phenomenal to see it, see it op- open people's eyes and ears up. You know, I think you I think the more that your style of playing gets out there, the, the better, that songwriter will continue to, you know, songs in general will continue to, to be developed better. Mm-hmm. We'll get better music mm-hmm. because it just incorporates so much imagination and so much beauty into the songs, you know? Right. And so I, I hope you guys um, just continue to attract more and more people as you go out, both solo and, and with, um, uh, with strings, uh, with string songs. Uh, really, really great. So tell me how, how you put this together. Um, when you guys are working on a project, do you pretty much do it virtually? Do you get on, do you get on uh, camera and work out ideas as far as a rehearsal thing? Uh, must be difficult to get in the same room given the schedules and you know the geography challenges that you have. Right, right. And of course, compounded by the, by the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, what we did, we're, we're probably going to have to do more of that. We're looking into technology to um, try and be actually be able to rehearse together. Yeah, um, that's from, what I was getting home. towards. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Love it. In the past, what we did was we discussed everything ahead of time, uh, made a couple of little demos that we passed back and forth. And then when we got together live, then we put it all together. Yeah. Um, we'll have to go beyond that this time and do more of more of the preparations and maybe even some of the actual recording. Yeah. You know, the, for the, we did a one video, um, during, you know, quarantine video as, as a lot of people do where we each did them individually. So I started it. It was one of Michael's songs called Eki Libre. And, uh, I did my parts at home and I sent it to, to them and they added their parts. We brought it back and mixed it, you know? Yeah. Um, st- with both the audio and the video, we both, you know, um, we can, you know, we can do that. That's, that's more of, um, what I was saying earlier about more of like a studio album, studio production to do it with that rather than kind of a live right. feel. But, um, you know, is it, is it something it. that you can, you can, you can sit and rough things out? Have you been able to, uh, to, you know, get a handle on that. Cause it's something I've been thinking about for a while and I haven't tried it yet with, with, you know, with other people where I could sit here with a guitar and you have another guitar and we just riff back and forth and say, Hey, let's try this out. Um, mm-hmm. I was just curious if you've, you guys have had a chance to try that and does it work? You know, have you, uh, have you got- we actually haven't had a chance to try that yeah. yet. Cause I don't know. Um, I don't know about all the, the challenges of, Mm-hmm. You know, is it delayed feed or did he hear me? You know, like I'm, I'm not sure about all the bugs, you know, I, I think that's, probably that's the problem the delay you're talking about is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and with music from one coast to the other, yeah. you know, and, and then to be able to play in time, it's that's different when we're doing this, when we're talking, right. Cause we don't have to be talking in, in sync or singing in harmony or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but when you're trying to play in time, uh, with, the, with several musicians, that's where the technology hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. Well, at least we're telling stories in sync somewhat. <laughs> right. Right. There you go. There you go. But we're working on, there, there are possibilities out there um, to be able to do that, to be able to actually uh, play it in real time together. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're not, 
uh, perfected yet, but you know, hopefully sooner rather than later it will be. I'm sure the the uh, the zoomologists are working on this frantically because uh, mm-hmm. you know they had probably a lot of extra money to invest in the business now that everybody in the world is on Zoom and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. want to play um, <laughs> another one here. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. I was going to say the same. The thing with with Zoom or some of the other programs like that, as far as music is, the sound is compressed. Yes. So you um, you lose some of the the sound quality. You know, um, I you know. I have had trouble with them, and um, I'm talking about the Zoom that we're on right now, the the mm-hmm. recording software. And mm-hmm. if I use um, this file, the 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 visual is is wonderful. I don't use the audio on this. I I have two zooms in the room, and I use the Zoom H4, which is, um, you know, it's the little, uh, it's got four XLR inputs. It's a fabulous piece of equipment. So I route my audio Mm. through that, so it comes out Mm -hmm. so clean. But when I stack them side by side, it's night and day. You're talking about compression. I can't even I can't even put that on the air. Um, I Mm. keep it as a backup, like if something ever happened, but. Um, and I've had their engineers on the phone. Like I spent like a week trying to figure this thing out and I just couldn't, they threw in the towel on it. They just couldn't help me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it is. So there are, there are bugs and challenges still, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. with all this technology as we know, you know, Yeah. but yeah. your music doesn't sound that, that way. So let's play Kindred Spirits.
Kindred Spirits with that octave harmonic at the end there. Very, very nice. Love the opening arpeggiated uh, riff that you did there. Um, oh, so what kind of tuning are we in that there? That's in open E. Open E again. And, yeah, and what guitar? E. It's a uh, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz? Uh, Model D. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. And it's an open E, but it's capoed at the fifth fret. You so know, essentially what you're hearing is open A. Okay, so you so don't get nervous. I'm writing all this down because <laughs> you know where I'm going with my guitar right, right after we finish this. No, I just love I just love what you do. It's very very inspired playing. The songs are great, and it's just really, um, you know, folks who are interested in this really you should check out. There's a guy in Canada, Jamie Dupuy, who I had on the show. Have you ever heard of him? He's he's. A, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah Jamie's. He's also um, he's he had an interview. With, there's a couple others, but. Um, you know, there's not enough as far as I'm concerned that you know, are known, you know. So it's good mm -hmm, for you mm -hmm. and it's good for Jamie and people like that. But it's better for us if, if more of us know about this. Sure. Yeah. So um, tell me how have you been coping with, um, you know, and I ask this again, I'm just curious as to people who are going through the pandemic and, you know, I've, I've told people that, you know, the highlight of my week is to go food shopping, you know, and, <laughs> and I, you know, as a podcaster and a writer and all that, I, it, my life has not changed very drastically at all. The only thing changed for me was I was a committed hot yogi, yogi for like 15 years, like three to four times a week religiously. And I had to stop obviously in March, February, March. So my fiance is a runner She's done all the marathons multiple times, and she started training me. So I, I'm a runner now. There you go. <laughs> so, so as far as daily habits, um, how you conduct your life, how has it affected you? What changes have you had to make? And you know, how are you coping and dealing with this yeah. tremendous well, I difference? I have a very similar story to yourself. I, I'm doing yoga several times a week, too. And um, I'm just doing it uh, online. I'm using videos and doing it, doing it online. The, the studio that I would go to has been offering uh, online uh, classes. So I've been doing that. Um, not the same, but, you know, it's something. Yeah. And I've been getting, I'm not a runner, but I've been getting out and doing walks every day. My yeah. wife and I go to the state park nearby and, you know. Nothing like nature, right? And, yeah, yeah. My yeah. favorite place to be outside yeah. in the woods, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's the, Agreed. the great place to get new songs. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I mean, other than that, the biggest change of course is not being able to go out and, and play. Yeah. Um, you know, um, as far as being around the house, well, you know, I've had a great crop of tomatoes and peppers this year so <laughs> awesome so he's a farmer tim's a farmer you're a man of many there talents man there's no end to the creativity of tim farrell <laughs> so listen as as we're getting to the end here i want to want to just ask you to and and we're going to put all of your links in the show notes so people i encourage you to check out all of the different things that tim is doing uh with both his solo and um string songs and the youtube videos and so forth but uh i'd like you to just uh if you would um, want to put any thoughts out there, any wishes for the people around the world to listen to this show, um, anything you want to offer, and what's the best place um, as far as the number one place that we can go to support you, purchase your music, and learn all about uh, Tim Farrell? Mm. Well, I guess the, the, the best way to support 
would be, believe it or not, I do still have CDs. <laughs> awesome. Me too. Great. <laughs> um, Love that. People can order them directly at my website. Um, that, that would be one great way. Um, people that do use the streaming services, we talked about that a little bit, just uh, play my music as much as you can. Um, I agree with what you said earlier, that the streaming is great as a consumer. Right. Uh, it's not great for the for the musicians because the royalty rate is just so minuscule. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. So, um, you know, any, any way that people can support um, that way. Uh, when I do the live stream concerts, I put always put a link up there that people can donate if they wish to do that. Great. Um, no requirement, but, you know, if they can do it, that's that's great. So, uh, you know, anything like that is is helpful. Awesome. Tim Farrell, it was a pleasure. I was so happy to have you on the Dharmic Evolution. Really appreciate everything you're doing musically and, and in the education field. And uh, I know you're going to continue to inspire people with both your teaching and your music. And I just want to wish you all of God's blessings on your solo career, string songs, and everything musically, and of course, uh, your family as well. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so very much. And the same thing back at you. That's great. I, I appreciate you having me on and, and uh, it's been a great pleasure and I hope we reach a lot of people and like you say, inspire and give people a lot of joy. Well, what did you think? Tim Farrell, extraordinary guitar player. What an imagination. Really enjoyed that. What a surprise about Michael Manring, Michael Hedges, all the connections, the interconnections we didn't even know we had. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. I was connected. Everybody knew my name. Wise guys and movie stars would line up like
It's in my heart.